chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Y'all glad to be here? When they, uh, when they built this thing, them, some of them ladies picked out some chairs and they said, well, we, we're going to have you sit up there on the stage. And I said, I ain't going to sit up there on the stage. I said, that's where them highfalutin preachers sit. And I hadn't got there yet. I said, I still got a ways to go. But this week I met two people 
uh, that was at church last week. And I said, man, we would love to have you in, in Promised Land. And they said, well, we were there Sunday. And I figured real quick, I'm going to have to get up here and look out and see who's here. I don't recognize everybody during the preaching. And things are a little different. We're having to change a few of the ways that we do things. But the amount of people God is bringing here, I praise him for. And as big as we're getting, I do not want to lose that personal connection. I want to know that you're here, and I want you to know that we love you and thank you for being here at Promised Land today. Ezekiel 37 in verse 1, it said, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he answered, or excuse me, said unto me, Prophecy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking of the bones came together, bone to his bone. When I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophecy unto the wind, prophecy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophecy, saying to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened up your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you. And ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it, performed it, saith the Lord. You may be seated. If you go back to verse 3, it says, He said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? I want to speak to you upon that subject and ask you that question. Can these bones live? We know that God has taken uh, the prophet Ezekiel and putting him in the spirit and allowing him to see a vision. And in this vision, he puts him in a valley full of dead, dried bones. And he asked the questions, can these bones live? Bones that are dead, bones that had no skin, bones that had no breath, bones that had no life. The question that God asked, can these bones live? These bones represented the house of Israel. This message is concerning 
the prophecy of Israel that God will one day restore the nation of Israel. He will one day restore them spiritually. He will one day restore them physically. Aren't you glad to know that the promise of God's Word is always there with His people? God has always been there for His people, and God will always be there for His people. God made a promise, there's a day coming, that I will restore the nation of Israel. This is a physical restoration, but most of all, it is a spiritual restoration. They are in Babylon at this time. They have been taken away. They are in captivity. They have lost Jerusalem. They are in despair. May I tell you the reason that the bones were dry and dead was because of apostasy. They had turned their backs against God. They had disobeyed God. May I tell you today that Israel could be the biggest, greatest nation in all the world today if they had just been obedient to the Lord. But because of their disobedience, they had to go into captivity. They have been scattered upon the face of the earth for over 2,000 years. But there will come a day that God will restore them. There will come a day. Right now, there's only a small portion of Jews that can be saved, but there will be a day that the fountain will be opened to the house of David, and the Jews will come to the spiritual knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, and God will restore them spiritually. The question, can these bones live? There was no life in these bones. There was no life in these bones. And so the question is, can God take what is dead and bring life to that dead body, to that dead corpse, to that, to that life? Can God take what is dead and make it alive? Can God take what is broken and make it right? Can God take the darkness and shine light in the darkness and make it all good? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Can these bones live? Yes. Can I be saved? Yes. Can I go to heaven? Yes. Can I be restored? Yes. Can I be forgiven? Yes. Can, can my marriage be fixed? Yes. Can my life be put back together? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. God can take that which is broken. God can take that which is dead, and He can put life in it. Aren't you glad that God can take that which is broken, that which is a mess in your life, and He can take it and make it whole again? I'll tell you what, He's restored me over and over and over. God has restored me and restored me. There's three different lives that the Bible talks about. The first life is the depravity of life. That is the life where you live separated between you and God. The Bible said that we are dead in trespasses. Understand today that when you realize you're a sinner, death takes place in your heart and you are dead inside. The Bible said that we are dead in trespasses. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen, if you're here this morning you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you are dead according to the Bible. You are dead inside and there is no life within you. But another life that we learn about in the Bible is eternal life. The very moment that you get saved, you're given eternal life. From that moment forward, you can never die anymore. You say, preacher, well, your body's going to die, but this spirit is not. It's going to live on. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Understand the very day that I got saved, I got eternal life. God took a dead heart 
and he put life in it. Not only is there eternal life, but there is an abundant life. Jesus said, I come to bring you life, but not just life, abundant life. I came to bring it more abundantly. And child of God, there are times in our life spiritually that we are dead. God does not desire that. He put life within us. Not only did he give you eternal life, but he gave you an abundant life. He gave you an opportunity so that you don't ever have to frown again. Y'all ain't read that promise, have you? Yeah. He said that I will give you such a life that I will give you joy and peace. I will give you grace and mercy and walk with you and give you the abundance of life. Folks, as a child of God, life should not be normal after you meet Jesus. It ought to be extraordinary. Isn't it wonderful to know the Lord? Isn't it wonderful to have eternal life and abundant life? So how can these bones live? Number one, the word of life. I want you to look in verse 4. Again, he said unto me, prophecy upon these bones. I want you to look in verse 7. So I prophesied, preached, told, spoke. Look in verse 9. Then said he unto me, prophecy unto the wind. Look in verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. What did it take for life to come to these dead bones? Number one, the word of life. The word of God is what entered into these dead bodies and brought life to them. Understand today that the, the job was simple. It was easy. You know what he told Ezekiel to do? I want you to go preach. I want you to go tell these bones and speak to these bones. But these were not the words of Ezekiel, but these were the very words of an almighty God. And understand that when God speaks, something happens. When God talks, things happen because there is life in the words of God. Understand that my words outside of this are dead. They cannot bring you hope. They cannot bring you restoration. But it is the inspired Word of God that brings life to us. Understand that if your life is going to be restored and renewed, you must take part of the Word of life. It must be through the Scriptures of God's Word. God commanded me, go preach. What He commanded Ezekiel to do, go preach. Why do we proclaim this on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and every day of our life? Why do we proclaim it and hold it up every time at Awana, every time at Bible school, every ministry we have? Get the word out, get the word out, get the word out. Why? Because this word, the living word of God, can change lives. It can take a dead heart and a dead person, and bring life unto them. May I tell you, I'm not reading a history textbook. I'm not reading a science book. I'm reading the authority of God, His Word on pages. I believe that this is the Word of God. I believe God preserved His Word. I believe God inspired His Word. I believe today what I'm holding in my hands was not made up by a bunch of religious leaders. I believe this is the spoken Word of God. And if God could preserve mankind through Noah in the ark, He could preserve His Word. Understand today that no matter how many times the devil's tried to destroy it, the Word of God is still here. 
Generations have come and gone. Kingdoms have come and gone. The Word of God is still here. You're going to go. This kingdom's going to go, but the Word of God is still going to be here. It has overstood the Roman Empire. It has overcome Alexander the Great. It has overcome the greatest warriors in all of all these centuries. It's still here. It's still changing lives. It's still saving souls. It's still restoring marriages. It's still making people whole again. I'm telling you, you say, well, I don't like that word. Well, you don't like God. I don't want to go to that church. They preach too much. Well, Lord, have mercy. My goodness. Why is it so important to get this out? Because this is the authority of God. This is the Word of God. And understand that the Word of renewal comes from the Lord. If God is going to bring life, it's going to have to come from His spoken Word. I cannot speak and say, Bobby Shock, you're saved, but God can. There's power in His Word. There's authority in His Word. Understand the Word of renewal is a fresh Word. Not only does it come from God, but it comes fresh from God every time. What did these bones hear? The very word that they needed to hear to change their life and bring life to them. Because the word of God is a fresh word. You say, preacher, that's thousands of years old. Read your Bible sometime. Isn't it amazing when you're down and you're low, you'll open that Bible up. God will open the page, put you right there, give you everything you need. You'll read it like you ain't never read it before. It's like it's brand new. It seems like no matter how low or how bad I'm out in life, I can open my Bible. God will take me to the Scripture and the verse that He wants me to hear. And it's like I've never read it before. And it speaks to me. And it works within me. And it ministers to my heart and soul. You know why? Because it's a fresh word. It never gets old. It never grows old. And no matter how many times we leave it on that bookshelf, no matter how many years it's been here, it's still fresh to us. It will still speak to you. It points you. It directs you. It, it comes to you and approaches you in your life. Understand today, when you're going through struggles, you come to church and you're like, my gosh, I can't believe the preacher would preach to me like that. Folks, I've got enough problems in my life. I can't keep up with yours too. I don't know. But I'll tell you, God knows. And His Word is fresh. Man, isn't it amazing when you leave the church house, you're like, man, I needed that. How'd He know? I told a man one time, because your wife told me what to preach. That's how I knew. <laughs> but the Word of God is fresh. It speaks to us. Man, it never grows old, does it? It never grows old. The Word of renewal is an applicable Word. Understand the power of of the word of life is in the application of it. This word is powerful. Look at me. Listen. It's powerful. It'll change you. It'll give you what you need. It'll be fresh to you. But there's a point in place that you got to apply this. And if you want life, if you want life in your problems, you got to apply it. The application is where the power is at, folks. I can sit up here and I can preach till I'm blue in the face. I can scream and holler and run all over this building. It ain't going to do y'all a bit of good until you get a hold of this thing and apply it to your life. You got to apply it. Don't just be a hearer. Be a doer of God's Word. Not only did the Word of life bring life to these dead bones, but 
the breath of life. I want you to notice verse 5. Y'all still with me? Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter unto you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and shall bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Notice verse 8. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophecy unto the wind. Prophecy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come the four winds, O, o breathe, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. The word of life and the breath of life. How can God take that which is dead and bring life to it? His word and his breath. And his breath. What did he say? You go prophecy, you go tell them, and I will speak, and I will breathe upon them. I will breathe upon them. What did the Bible say? The, the skin came over the bones. The skin came. Everything came back together, but it just laid there. There was no life. There was no breath. There was no motive. There was no unction. There was no reason to move or go here or go there. Because without the breath of God, you are empty. You are empty and longing for something. Understand today, the only thing that can bring life to us is the breath of God. The breath. What happened? He breathed. He breathed. It brought life. It brought life. Folks, God's still breathing. Whew. God's still speaking. God's still sending His Holy Spirit to dwell among His people. God one day spoke the world, spoke the light, spoke the trees, the rivers. He reached down one day from heaven, had a little clay and a little dirt. He went to work. You know what He made? He made man. He made Adam. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, you need to. You need to. God made us. And he made us in his image. And Adam was beautiful. Adam was made in the image of God. But when he created him, there he laid. There on the ground like a dead man. No life. Nothing within him. Wasn't good enough. He looked like God. He had to have the breath of life. God went, Adam. Hold on, let me do that again. Y'all didn't see that. God went, <sighs> Adam went. There cannot be life without the breath of God. A few months ago, my wife called me. Number four. Holy cow. Yeah. This little thing started creating. One day, God went, Phew. Lacey felt, mm. oh. kicking, elbowing. Why? Because God, Phew. folks, abortion's wrong. Because the breath of life is flowing through those little babies. Because God, Phew. they went, oh. 
And she went, ow. Yeah. One day I was lost. I was undone without God or his son, and I was dead. And I was born again. And just as he, as a little baby, as a 13-year-old boy, he went, and he put his Holy Spirit within me, and he breathed upon me and brought life to me. I was dead inside. I was dying and going to hell. I had no hope. I had no victory. But that day I got up different than how I got down there that day. You know why? Because God went, I was dying and going to hell. Brother Allen, I got up. I said, I'm going to heaven. You know why? Because God went, and he breathed. Boy, we need the breath of God. We need the Spirit of the Lord. For a decade now, this church has grown and grown and grown. You know why? Because God went, Y'all don't look at me, bunch of dead heads. I'm still missionary Baptist. I'm not going charismatic on you. But the Holy Spirit of God is real. And he breathes upon us. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, how else are you going to explain what God's doing here? I'm not going to take credit for it, and you better not either. God took his people who were obedient and said, we want to grow. We want more God. We want him to be exalted. We want to be obedient and do the right thing. And God went, You know why things are stirring here? Because God is stirring here. This is more than a man. This is more than a religion. This is more than just an ideology. This is God moving. How do you explain the amount of souls that have been saved? How do you explain, Miss Stacy, that you're sitting here at your age and you just got to be saved? It's not a coincidence. It's not by luck. It's by the sovereignty of God. Because God breathed upon this place. And people have walked in this place and got under conviction. Things have been stirring. People have been getting right. Man, we've been repenting of our sins. There's been uh, apologies to the church. What's going on, preacher? God's breathing upon us. It's His Holy Spirit that's doing this. This can't be manufactured by man. I can't woo y'all to the point and place of salvation. It has to be the work of God. Woo! I want the Holy Spirit to move in here every time we meet here. One of them kids hooed with me. Boy, I like that. Going to rub off on one of you adults one day. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to go to church where there's no breath of God. I don't want to go to a deadbeat service. I don't want to leave a deadbeat life. I did that before I got saved. It's all right to shout a little bit. It's all right to smile a little bit. It's all right to sing a little bit. When God breathes upon us, there's life. Miss V, you come in here with life. What's that little woman doing down front shouting? Praise God. Shout louder. My goodness. Because there's life. When God, whoo, isn't it a great feeling? There's nothing like it in all of this world to have God's breath upon us. How else do you explain what we're experiencing? God, 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 God. Man, don't you like it? Aren't you enjoying it? 
But notice what happened in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. Now church, let me tell you about the breath of life. The breath of life must be wanted. You must want God to work in your life and in your church. Number two, the breath of life must be accepted. You must accept when He moves upon you. When He comes down, you must accept what He's doing. And it must be welcomed. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't sit there and say, well, what's so-and-so shouting for? Well, won't you find out? Amen? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Welcome the breath of life into your life. Because you know what's going to happen? People think they want God to work. They think they want the Holy Spirit. But when it gets here, it works different than we thought it was going to. What happened? Things started shaking. Mm. Isn't it amazing how God will shake up your life? And shake up your church. When he brings life into it, it doesn't go the direction that we want it to go. Things are shaking up. Things are moving. Things are changing. And we're missionary Baptists. We don't do good with change. But things started changing when God breathed upon it. The unity of life came. Bones came together. Folks, when there's the breath of God, the Word of God, there's unity. Church, I'm thankful that we're unified. But if we're going to stay unified, it's going to take the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I love the unity that we have right here. Let's keep on going. Things started shaking. Everything started coming together. Let me tell you something. When God breathes life into you, He'll get your life together. Your, mess is, your life's a wreck, a mess. God can bring life and order and put it all together. If you get to His Word and let Him breathe upon your family, let Him breathe upon your life, He'll bring it together. Huh. Preacher, I've been saved 30 years. Been sitting in the same pew for four weeks now. <laughs> yeah, can't say 40 years anymore, can you? And here I am. Brother Allen, them bones didn't have the ability to stand. Sometimes as God's children, it's hard to stand. It's hard to stand up for the truth. It's hard to stand up against the wickedness in the world. But when God breathed, his bones started shaking. There at the end, it said they stood up. Folks, hey, some of us can't even stand up today. Because we need God to bring life to us. I'm telling you folks, God will cause you to stand. But you go before His presence standing, that ain't going to cut it. You fall on your face before His throne. And I promise you, when you leave that place, you will be standing. You will be encouraged. You will be ministered to. I want you to know that God will pick you up. He will get your life back together. Folks, I'm telling you today, God can do this. There's death in your family. There's death in your marriage. There's death in your relationships. There's death, death, death.
folks, God can take that death and put life in it. I want to hear him breathe. I want to see him breathe. You know why Brother Paul came here? He said, I ain't never seen folks do church like that. You know, the first time I changed my sermon, he liked I had a conniption down there on the front pew. He told me, I ain't never seen that. I don't want to do things like everybody else does. I want to do them the way God wants us to do them. And I want his breath. And I want His Spirit to move among us and His Word proclaimed. And folks, then lives will be changed. Maybe you're here this morning, there's death in your life. You need to be saved. I want to invite you to come forward. Let me show you how to be saved. Maybe there's something in your life going on, child of God, and you need to bring life to it. Won't you come to these altars? Fall down before God. Maybe you need to make a decision this morning. You're going to have time to do that. I want you to stand very quiet, very reverent.